Welcome, my friends, to Next Level Change Success, a change conversation for leaders, project and change practitioners for today and tomorrow. My name is Therese Perez of MyVirtualChangeManager.com and I'm an experienced change and project professional and people leader with many years of experience in the industry. I love business and I love the people side of business especially. So nothing lights me up more than seeing people use change management, project management and strong change leadership to engage, motivate and inspire people and ultimately transform organisations. If you've heard about change management and have no idea of what it involves, then you're in the right place. If you know about change management, but you want to take your practices to the next level, then this is where you should be. I'm going to share the stories of my experiences, interview some fantastic people, and I'm going to explore all of the challenges and opportunities that you face in organizations right now. So please join me and let's go and have some fun. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Next Level Change Success. My name is Therese Perez, and I am the founder of MyVirtualChangeManager.com. Before I begin, I'd like to acknowledge that I am recording on Tharawal Country and pay my respects to the traditional owners and custodians on the land on which I am recording, and elders both past, present, and emerging. Well, it's been quite the week, because in Sydney... The focus, and in Australia, the focus has very much been on the Matildas. Hooray, hurrah. Uh, The women's soccer team, who have just had sensational performance through the World Cup. We reached, for the first time in history, the World Cup finals, and or quarterfinals, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, we came fourth, which is amazing. And it's kind of inspired me around this broadcast or this episode for this week to talk about team I had been talking or thinking about it anyway but they were a great example around team and the need to team what that looks like and also about change what creates change now let's talk about teaming in organizations because you might run a team you might work with a team but I can certainly say that no team is on an island In an organization, teams work together. And this is one of, I think, the areas that I work well in and really set up structures well for, which is all about teams, especially when it comes to change. So first thing really to look at, how do you create the safety, the psychological safety required for a team to be high performing? And that may require change in and of itself, ensuring that you have the right skill sets around the table really really important and that as a leader you are ensuring that the team is working together very very important and quite foundational it's very interesting because there are some leaders who do like to in amongst chaos their default might be let's have the team work in a siloed way and autonomously in the broader organization just to get things done But it really doesn't serve. It doesn't serve the organization. It doesn't serve for the outcomes. Outcomes always get compromised. And in a lot of cases have to be revisited because whilst working autonomously to get something done, sure, you can deliver. But the quality of what you're delivering is always compromised when you're working in a silo. Always, always. And when I say silo, that's departmental level as well. You need to ensure that you're engaging the right departments and functions across an organization. So let's go into metaphor territory. 
with the Matildas. Let's do a bit of a, maybe it's an analogy. Certainly the Matildas showed, you know, in the soccer field, soccer pitch. Not sure I'm not a major soccer aficionado. However, I do love sport and I have been watching Matildas for a number of years. So the the things that I noticed in the World Cup was that when you have many teams who are performing well in the World Cup, you have got the best of the best across the globe, female competitors coming together. No different to a whole range of organisations within the same space who want to perform. And you have staff who go from one organisation to the other, to the other, to the other. Well, what does create a high-performing team or organisation? The culture, definitely the culture of the club. And you can see how positive or negative a culture is by default of the behaviours of those in the team. And certainly with the Matildas, you could see that strong club culture, organisational culture within the Matildas set up. Some people who'd been there for years, some of the players who'd worked together, Caitlin Ford, Sam Kerr, Kennedy, Polkinghorne, a whole bunch of competitors. I remember when Sam Kerr was new into the team, the up-and-coming star. This time she was spearheading, uh, even though she didn't play on the field. She didn't play for most of the round games, yet the team functioned well. The team fought hard to win the games. And then Sam came into the team only for part of the games, for some of them, and then started. So this ability for a team to function without a particular individual being on the field is a case in and of itself around a strong team culture, supportive culture, and even to Sam sitting on the bench and cheering on her teammates and feeling part of it. And also some of the others on the bench who typically would be on the field. Also being part of it, it takes a full squad, even though some may not be at front and centre. And that's a positive team culture, very significant. I'd say it's also shared values where it is the concept of working together. No single person is more important than others in the team even though externally there might be a perception that there are some who are more important than others. And I think that really was shown absolutely when you saw it through the round games of the Matildas, when everyone was always always talking about whether Sam Kerr was going to get on the field or not. The reality was that those girls on the field were just doing a smashing job of holding their own. And then, of course, you think about what does make a good team because it's a bunch of individuals and it's around that common goal, common pride in what that team were doing and delivering, that common pride in the Matildas around playing for Australia, playing for each other and playing for a cause that was bigger than bigger than themselves. A lot of the ripple effect that has been seen as a result of the Matildas is actually because they wanted to bring women's soccer to the fore in Australia and do well in the World Cup to further move it along. And so whilst disappointed at their own performance, which is hard to fathom as an outsider because they are fourth best in the world and that's absolutely nothing to be sneezed at. But I also have been a competitor in sports. I played a lot of sports in my life and I know the disappointment that sits there even at club you know, club level that can sit there when you play and you lose a grand final or you, you lose out and you don't even get to the finals. 
when you're a competitor, it hurts. And when talking about high performers, oftentimes it is that competitiveness that's there. But it can't override, it can't override the sense of team. And I think in some organizations, for those who are typically high performers or sometimes identified as high performers because they get things done, there can be a little bit of issue if the person cannot always keep the focus to be on what's good for the organization or what's good for the customer or what's good for the uh, the client in the organizational context. Their competitiveness or that willingness to win and get things delivered at all costs all of a sudden starts to override, yes, but I'm willing to compromise the outcome just to get it done, then that, that becomes problematic, right? And that's where some people might default into siloed behavior rather than actually we're going to have the foundational respect, courtesy, and ensure that those people who have various roles are involved, whether they like it or not, they're involved, they have a seat at the table and they have a stake in the game. And I think that's, if you if you look at the Matildas at a, a helicopter view, a midfielder, uh, the strikers, the backs, everyone has their role. Now, if, if someone starts to override or take on someone's role, first of all, you're going to see it in the disjointed play. It would be disarray. And if that trust isn't there and the respect isn't there, that's going to be problematic as well. And you can see that in teams that haven't performed as well. And I think uh, sports, whilst if someone hasn't seen that framing um, on a, in a sport context, then it can be a little bit difficult to understand. However, you just need to watch one game, and whether it be soccer, whether it be hockey, you know, the, these games which are really quite fantastic to watch from a spectator perspective, especially when you see how well a team that has the trust, that has the experience, that has the respect, when that team are playing together, you can see it. There's a synchronicity to it. One of the benefits that Matildas had was they had people who uh, had worked together before. They had people who had grown up playing the sport together, who knew each other's roles and who had the trust. Now, in an organizational context, if you have the same team delivering certain pieces of work and they deliver it once and then they get to deliver it again, then you will see that trust is there if they gel together. And so part of looking at the teams and when people work across different business areas, if someone works well with a team, you would, from a, a continuity perspective, want them to work on the next piece of work as well. Because you do see an uplift in whether you term it velocity, whether you term it the ability to deliver, because people have worked together before, that sense of familiarity, I know who to reach out to, I know who I like to work with. Try to bring those teams together across different business units, because you will find that they will perform well, because they know each other, they trust each other. Of course, if there has been conflict in the past, then you might need to switch out people. No different to a sporting team. You might have to switch out someone who's a midfielder if you're finding that actually they're not really gelling and they're not providing and feeding the ball to the strikers, for example. So these are the things that you need to to look at and change up when it comes to teams and setting up teams that are cross-functional across an organization. But you do get benefit from this tenure piece 
So people who have worked together, who know each other, can reach out to each other and can communicate well. And if they've done that in the past, we'll bring the team back together. You might have a team who essentially works well together, who could work on any piece across the organization. And I've seen that certainly for interchange context. And so you do want to support that from a, a delivery perspective and you will find that you will reap the rewards if you take that approach. And then from a psych safety perspective, because we're going to talk in the next episode about psychological safety at a deeper level, but think about the coach and I guess the, the coaching staff and what type of environment they need to create for the team to be successful. So you might have really talented people around the table, but they need to have the same value system. So they need to have that common goal. They need to be clear about the common goal. They need to prioritize that common goal over their own personal, I guess, uh, endeavors or wants or success criteria for themselves. And if that's not the case, then it's really the coach's role to ensure that that level of understanding is there but also then to create the right environment, the right conditions for success. And you can see some amazing coaches. I was watching a Netflix show the other day. I think it's all about coaches, successful coaches in the world. It had the English soccer coach, or no, the American team's coach. And so the coaching piece on Netflix was all about, you know, you have to have a bit of grit. You have to have a bit of determination And certainly as a leader of change or someone who's forming up a program, getting the right players across the organization, bringing them together, getting them to understand their roles, eking out if, you know, there's a bit of tension, how do you facilitate the easing of that tension so that everyone can play the role that they were meant to and create and foster that sense of team. So whether you're a change manager or whether you're a leader, that coaching role from a not necessarily a let, let's coach you through this, but certainly as a bringing together of the team and have them be functional, um, that is your role as a, as a change person or as a leader, change leader, sponsor of a program. You want to ensure there's cohesiveness because you know that that's going to get the best outcome and then also provide the strategy, provide the technique, provide the game plan for the team. That's what the coach's role is. And they might have uh, peers who, or, or their coaching staff who can help them, who they might bounce ideas off. And certainly I've, I've been in organizations and working with peers when I have been in the change space and then working with a project or program peers to seek counsel. Okay, what do you think about this? This is the approach I'm going to take. Business sponsors, change makers across the organization so that I can get the best outcome, right? So that, that's what it's all about. It's about best outcome. And being able to create the environment where there might be tension and, and then resolve that, take people out for coffee, go have the set up the, the lunches, those type of things so people can connect, not just in the business environment. These are the things which are important. And they're foundational for teaming. They're foundational for success. So if you're the coach, I want to ensure that there's psychological safety amongst the team, that you are hearing from them and there's a two-way communication. And this is where most leaders will fail. This is where most uh, program managers might also fail if, if you're too autocratic about things. But certainly making sure 
that you are listening and you have your ear to the ground and that you've made the connections that you need to to ensure that everything is humming well. Because no doubt at times for elite coaches, if they find a bit of disruption, then it may be, or if they find a particular player who's a little bit off, then you could make the mistake of thinking that it's isolated to that player when actually it could be something that's going on for the team. And so part of it is unpacking that and making sure that you can resolve it as the team continues to grow and develop and deliver. So these are important things when it comes to team. When you're looking at a high-performing team, if you're looking at creating a high-performing team, a couple of things for you to consider. And as I end, I say, fantastic, well done, Matildas, on your World Cup campaign. It was fantastic to see. As I said, I've played a lot of competitive sport and I love watching it. I love watching um, the competition, the different ways in which all the teams played. Spain just won the World Cup against England last night and it was fantastic to watch. And the ripples across the country as a result of the behaviour and the way and the character that the Matildas showed through this time frame was no different to what they have done the whole time that I've watched them. It was just great to see it on a world stage and it was great to see so many Australians tuning in to see it. And that's what creates change. When you have a really well-performing team, when you have a team who comes together, who have very similar value sets, who are very passionate, who have great character, then the ripples just go global. And without doubt, that's the type of impact that the Matildas have had in this competition. So it's been fantastic to see. I hope you have a wonderful day. Go into your organization today. Have a look around your team, your team dynamics, see what's happening. Think about some of the tips here around making sure there's a shared vision, shared values, there's positivity, that there's accountability, roles and responsibilities are clear. If you're the change leader or the leader, think about yourself, your role as your coach. As the coach, are you clearing through things? Are you escalating issues if you're finding that, hey, I've got people on this team who are disruptive? How do you lean into those conversations? How do you check in with them and see what's going on for them? Really important. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Come to myvirtualchangemaker.com. Check out some of the tools, tips and tricks that we provide on a weekly basis and have a wonderful week.